Good morning, everybody. I already forgot the date, but it is Friday, March 16th, and we are coming to you live here on Anchor for another episode of Catching Up. I think this is week four, but like kind of week seven uh, with all the confusion. But like always, joined by my guest, he is out of town today in a very special place. But uh, Nick, good morning. How are you doing? Hello, Connor. I am doing great. How are you? Beautiful day. I'm actually recording this podcast on the go today uh, while I'm walking to my next meeting. But that's kind of the beauty of Anchor. They do make it very accessible to get the show on the road. Well, that's awesome because I'm sitting right. I'm sitting outside poolside in Las Vegas. I am down here for March Madness uh, College Basketball. If anyone is not familiar um, you know, the, the, the March tournament, the NCAA tournaments just now starting and it's, uh, it's totally mad. Yeah. So, so, so describe the scene for me because at nine 30, there's no way there's a lot going on right now in Las Vegas, right? People are like going to sleep right now. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, yeah, some people are going to sleep. Some people are, you know, w- waking up and I, I, I got it. <laughs> I got a Starbucks in my hand, and I'm I got a water bottle water bottle next to me. Uh, but man, it's it's crazy. There's so many people here, and uh, you know we're at the Mirage, and the sports book where all the betting happens is is so packed. And and this will actually be one of my first questions of today that I want to talk about. But just the amount of the amount of money and betting here on sports, you know, on college basketball well, is in In the spirit of time, I mean, let's just crazy. jump right into that first topic. Yeah, so, uh, you know, in a little background, um, you know, I'm here in Vegas watching all the basketball games, and there's a lot of betting. And I actually, you know, previously worked on building an app around sports engagement. And basically, um, how, how do you – how do we innovate around the, you know – engaging as a fan around the sports and you know the fan engagement experience and do we incorporate gambling or not and so I think my question is Connor you know you're a sports fan as well what do you see as the future of sports engagement using technology mobile social and then possibly gambling um, and maybe even esports is around this stuff but uh, yeah what are your thoughts well I think esports is really going to drive the conversation because that's going to become the forefront of everything that's going on really with digital embedding and sports, physical activity, kind of whatever you want to call it in, in that group. And so I think the popularity of that is really going to spur some of these changes. And with, with the new NBA basketball mm-hmm. league coming out uh, to brief some of you who might not be familiar, NBA partnered with, I believe it's NBA 2K, which is run by EA Sports. And each NBA team, or there's a few NBA teams, have their own e-sports team where they, like, drafted real players to play this video game as their creative player. And it's like an actual league where they're going to travel around and play each other. Um, So I think the sports businesses are so tied into gambling that they're going to really push the needle. And, And 
just how the internet has disrupted everything, I just feel in a decade, there's going to be no avoiding it. And they should just embrace it, regulate it, and, and just let it go. Because there, there's no really grabbing onto the bull and turning him around at this point. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've... I would, I would agree with that. I would say that, you know, it's going that direction. Um, I think what, you know, where my questions are around, what is the experience? How is that delivered to the end user? Is that through, you know, mobile apps? Is that through, um, you know, and this is what we were building, calling it. And, you know, it's, it's on, we, we put that aside right now. So we're not currently building what we were working on, but it was around these sort of mobile prediction type of, uh, experience and you know th- that's a question right but we, we were focusing on just kind of real world sports and i think what you're bringing up is yes you know esports and the data around this that's collected you wrap it into an an experience that you know general fans of that esports uh game can can become more engaged that's why it's called engagement like you're engaged with the evolution of the game who's winning the stats around it um those are all really interesting so um you know, I think a lot to be determined, but um, uh, it's, you know, and then when you, the, the last thing to, to wrap into this conversation is where does crypto come yeah. into play? Digital currency, is, is that what is going to be, is that how we win? And what is that the currency that we win that we turn it into? That's dollars? a really good point. You know, what do you I think mean, that, that looks like that might be the safest way to, to manage the distribution of the wealth created from all of this gambling. Uh, and it and provides an opportunity for some random person to actually inject themselves into that atmosphere very quickly um, because that's kind of a whole economy that's still very unknown and not, not even sure about who's got the money and who doesn't. And so getting into this space is going to take millions of dollars. And so that that's actually a very good idea. Yeah, and all, all I'll say is, man, it really does have to be regulated because uh, my concern is once money is involved, now the, you know, like basically paying some, a player off to throw a game so they win more money, yep. like they get more money in the end. Like, the, the, that's this whole thing has to be regulated. There's a lot of so work to do. So on the top of the really esports, uh, one of the most fascinating things that I saw on the internet this week was Drake getting on Twitch and setting the record for the most people on a live stream. <laughs> And so there's this really popular game now called Fortnite. And how Fortnite works is it's pretty much a one-against-all concept, like, shooter game where you get dropped into a map and the game goes until there's one solo survivor. Um, and it's a free game on Xbox, which I think has added a lot to its appeal. But Drake gets on with um, a few fellow celebrities, and they get over 600,000 people watching him in live time, right? Which is like more than most shows will get on TV in live time. Yeah. And so it's just kind of, that's, that's bananas word. Now, you know, good morning America is talking about (laughs) Twitch where they never talked about that before. And so I just kind of want to know your thoughts, Nick, like, what do you think about something like that? It's the first time Twitch has really hit the mainstream. Man, I, yeah, totally. And I think I think this, you know, I'm not saying this exact event is, you know, jumping the shark, but I do think things like this are pulling it into mainstream. This is how we're going to experience uh, new events in real time. The, going back to the esports, like, you know, these two, 
these two topics really do have a connection. And um, I, I think we're seeing the next, the, the, the next phase start of these, um, these immersive, the um, ability to watch immersive games that others are playing. We come in and watch it as fans. Celebrities make appearances, which bring a lot more people. And, and then, man, of course, you know, brands and yes, advertising and everything's going to wrap into that. And, and so I, 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 I think what we're seeing is like an interesting shift into, you know, maybe, you know, shows, television shows, the traditional ones are going to fade away. And these more immersive game experiences that wrap both media, celebrities, personalities and advertising into one. Yeah, and I, I would think happen, it's going right? to happen sooner than later, because I mean, here in America, we've been watching The Price is Right and all these other game shows for decades. So it just makes sense that they just need to evolve a little bit and kind of catch up with the, the mobile active community. And, you know, people will jump right back on to watch it. And with the creation of HQ Trivia, which on the weekends is getting a million, almost two million people live on their app to play their game for cash, is really changing the conversation as well. And so Drake, you know, Drake's just got so much clout and so much credibility. Everyone knows who Drake is. So when someone like yeah. that gets on that platform, Twitch is going to start hitting its stride right now. And uh, Amazon-owned company. But it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here and how many more people get on. If you're a gamer, right now is the time to go all in on gaming and get into the industry. And so, Nick, I know... Uh, are you riding around in any Ubers in Las Vegas, or are you just walking around everywhere? I can only just imagine why I... Uh oh, we might be having some technical difficulties. I lost Nick again, but maybe he can hear me. I can still yeah, hear you. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm actually just walking around Vegas, not taking any Ubers, but do you think it's worth uh, the driving actually to drive Uber? Is it, is the money actually worth it? Yeah. And so what, what Nick is referencing, if, if I'm not sure of a cut out there, there was a new article talking about the average income of an Uber driver now. And, you know, it can be way less than minimum wage in many cities. And so I still think there's a ton of value in riding in driving an uber um i think maybe what's going to have to happen is uber is going to have to cut out some of the profits and give it back to the drivers right and and really do a reinvestment because if it starts getting more popularized popularized like this where you can't make any money driving those cars uber and lyft are going to be out of a job well so this is this is really interesting because i i've read a few more articles on the the profitability or unprofitability of Uber in general. And the fact that they like them to actually give more to the drivers. And um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to increase the amount of dude. Can you hear my sirens? I'm sorry. It's, it's quite loud, um, but hey, we're back. We're back. So, yeah, I think, look, when, when you're making 6 or $7 an hour, 
um, when that breaks down to that amount, I mean, you know, because the drivers have insurance, they've got other costs, gas, um, they're running a small a business. Um, so, you know, when they when when they're pulling in 20 to 30 dollars an hour, you have to include the costs that they have. And in the end, man, is it, you know, does it really pan out to to work for eight to ten dollars an hour, which is basically minimum wage? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think it works out really well if it's like an in-between job, right? Like you do it after you get off work, you know, to make a little bit extra income just because you're driving home anyways, or right, you suddenly get laid off and you know you can like jump in there to get a couple extra bucks. But yeah, they've, they've got to char- change the price structure because to go from a, like a mile here in Seattle, it's like from Pike Place Market to my apartment in Queen Anne, can be eight to fifteen dollars sometimes and so i'm just like that takes 10 minutes so i feel like maybe uber is taking a greedy share and not actually paying the drivers what they should be paying yeah you know in the end it's i think you're right it's not necessarily set up to be a full-time job it's you know there's a lot the great thing is you can turn off or turn on your availability and you can take some right to pick up some people, take some rides, make a little bit of money, but to drive that full time throughout day in and day out. Um, well, I mean, to make enough money, you have to be driving for 12 hours every single day, which is not healthy yeah. any, anyway. So, um, I think in the end, when you look at the, what they call the gig economy or the sharing economy, um, these are piecemeal things. These are not full-time jobs or, you know, it's safety nets that have a full-time income. They are, ways to make a buck or two but in the end if you're a person that's actually driving you got to really think about break it down and determine if the amount of time that you're spending is actually bringing in enough money and sometimes it might not be yeah exactly and and, uh that article ended with taking a nice little shot at travis kalanick because as we spoke about last week he's trying to invest in these uh mass job creation companies and now we're kind of seeing the repercussions of Uber at scale, which is really interesting. All right, but on to the last topic here. Um, I read an article, and I've been experiencing this a lot with the local businesses that I work with. And the fact that so many local restaurants and coffee shops aren't capturing the leads of their customers, right? There's so much potential to get the contact information so you can reach out back to them later, send them coupons, communicate with them, tell your story a little bit more. Um, and so... In some smaller environments, Facebook is experimenting with rolling out kind of a public tethered Wi-Fi. It's only an Android app right now. And I believe it, the article said it was in Indonesia. And I was just wondering for you, Nick, you kind of work in a different space. I'm very intrigued by a business setting up a Wi-Fi platform. And in order for someone to get free Wi-Fi, you got to give me your email address, right? Which is such a great way to collect the lead because people are willing to give that to get on. Like, have you seen any creative ways to get leads out in your space well i mean i guess i'll answer it this way i I think let's let's take a step back and look at you know when you visit a website or any digital uh product or service it's just natural that you provide your email address to get their newsletter or to get xyz if you make a purchase online you're giving your information they're building a distribution list and as you brought this topic up i kind of sat back and i was like man it's kind of it is crazy that when you think about with that reality, then you come into the physical world and a restaurant or a coffee shop or you name it, 
retail outlet, they don't do that, really. They, they really have not on a very, um, I guess, on a very wide scale, you don't see these shops actually having a, a nice, easy way to get your information so that they can build that customer list just like every other digital experience does. Um, so I guess, number one, I haven't seen a lot, right? Uh, but I think when you think, yeah, when you look at coffee shops, you sit down, you, get, you want Wi-Fi, of course, you give them your information. Um, so that's a unique thing. But I, I, um, I, there's, you know, to bring up an old company that we both used to work for, you know, th- this is in the direction of notice and just the whole location-based kind of intelligent, always connected neighborhood if there was a way that you could stay connected to those merchants that you frequent and if you could uh, communicate with them and get information on a really uh, basically real-time basis that would be interesting but that's still nothing out there so uh, or at least everyone's still trying i don't see a widespread solution yet so yeah no one's come up with the perfect solution yeah long answer to say i don't know but how about you (laughs) in this space well, I mean, the, the Wi-Fi thing is something that I, I talk to a lot of clients about. Like, if your biggest draw to your coffee shop is that people come here and work, like, most of these people have no problem giving you an email address or giving you some type of contact information for you to get on there. And it's just yeah. such a big opportunity. And so when I see, you know, the rumors about Facebook moving into this space, I found that very interesting. And it sounds like a very smart move. Like, they're not only are they sending satellites into space, uh, but now they're going to be providing these like public Wi-Fi hotspots, which kind of like rounds out that circle a little bit. Uh, it's going to be crazy in 10 years to see what services Facebook is actually encompassing. Are they even going to be called Facebook at right. that time? Right. There'll be there'll be some bigger organization, which is very scary. Right. They're like setting themselves up to be a very big uh, conglomerate. Right. Where it provides the way we get on the Internet, how we consume the Internet, like they're doing content and services. Uh, it's very impressive. And I just and for, if, if I'm a local business owner or what I say to a lot of the business owners I work with, like Zuckerberg's doing a lot of amazing things that businesses can take advantage of that are right. relatively inexpensive right now compared to what else is out there. And it's like this is just the current state of where the Internet's at. You really should just stay on top of this. Um, and I guess that's kind of how I'm making a living right now is helping businesses stay on top of these things um, so they can make decisions. But yeah, but even if I give them recommendations, very few businesses actually take upon themselves to execute and, and implement some of these things. Well, and I think I think an interesting question to ask is, are they if they're using something like Facebook, even right now, but a concept in the future that you're pointing at with Facebook, do they really own or have that that? customer relationship do they really have that and i think businesses really need to think about when you use when you're looking at the social platforms instagram twitter snapchat you know use that of course be innovative around that but in the end you still need to build your customer list and if those platforms are gone tomorrow do are your relationships gone yeah that's a good point that's a good point yeah, so capturing that yeah. information and storing it yourself is extremely important. Um, yep. And that's why you got to collect that email. You got to collect that phone number or at least the first and last name so you can build that relationship. That's a great point. 
Yep. And so I think that's a great point to end the conversation. Nick, I want to thank you very much for waking up early in Las Vegas. That is, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been up this early in Las Vegas. So uh, <laughs> huge shout out to you today. Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate thank you. you a lot. Uh, after this gets done processing, I will have this up live this afternoon. And I will put it out on iTunes Store, Android Store. Please leave us a review if you guys read it. And I will also get it up on FoundersLive.com. Nick, you got anything else to share with us? No, I just uh, want to say thanks and, um, you know, say hi to people that maybe don't know me and check out Founders Live. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Um, really cool. We had, you know, I'm here in Vegas, but we had um, our events in Chicago and L.A. last night. And it's a really kind of funny feeling to know you're just like in a do- another part of the world. Founders Live events. People are gathering together and celebrating entrepreneurship. I'm not even there. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, check that's it out. So, that's so cool. Um, well, yep. congratulations. I'm sure next week we'll touch base with who won those events uh, and yep. share it with everyone listening today. Sounds good. All right. All right. Later, Enjoy Connor. March Madness. Yep. Peace.